Welcome everyone to the Holstein House podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Good Tuesday morning, all y'all. It is episode 123 of the Holstein House broadcast. It's December the 12th. 2023. And uh, this, uh, the broadcast today, we'll be talking about um, a little bit about government and EMPs, our United States government and an EMP project that I read about yesterday, Harvest Guard reusable lids and seals and um, other things of of interest to me (laughs) and you if you chime in and ask about it. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. I was looking at my numbers a little while ago, and they look they look fairly respectable for a small little program like mine, and I do appreciate you. I am noticing that the iTunes uh, downloads are um, are showing up higher in the percentages now. Fountain.fm is is by far uh, the gorilla in the room as far as my uh, podcast audience. But uh, iTunes has creeped up there and is now within the top five. So I do appreciate that. Do appreciate all you guys all over the world who swing by and say hello to me from time to time and share the things that are going on with you and uh, in your part of the world. And if you are on the podcast, I encourage you to say hello. I'd love to be able to put uh, a screen name of some sort with, uh, with your comments and with the numbers, I've got a little bit of the um, uh, inhaler weirdness going on again today. The uh, and I apologize for that. The uh, doctor did prescribe this. Um, it's called a spacer. It looks really. <laughs> it looks a little vulgar. <laughs> But you put it on the end of the inhaler and so that you get all of the medication in. I kind of thought maybe it would uh, um, bypass some of the uh, whatever that's making me hoarse, but not today it didn't. So uh, I may not be, he told me I had to be sure and rinse my mouth after using the inhaler and maybe I'm not doing that right. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) It's hard to tell. Oh, good morning, everybody. Um, So, yeah, so there's, uh, it's wrong. The the year is ticking down, and we've only got a couple weeks left in December, which is obviously the last uh, few months of the year. And um, we hope we can bring you some good, uh, good conversation, good information today as uh, as well as any day and of course it works a little better when you chime in there too so we do appreciate your participation when you're able to swing by and say hello there's not a lot of uh, exciting things going on right now um, 
you know, we've got the calendar off. Uh, I'm taking this week off from a lot of things. <laughs> no Bible study, no um, lunch and learns, no medical appointments. I do have to go to town, though, much as I hate it. I have to do our de bank deposits this week. Um, and unfortunately, every sinking bank where we have is in Charleston. So I have to drive to Charleston to do that. I want to make sure I get those deposits made this week. Um, and I do have the matter of that fix-it ticket that I haven't fixed yet, that I only have a few more days left to do. Um, I didn't have an inspection sticker. West Virginia requires an inspection sticker on your vehicles. And um, I get it. I get why they were while the rule was enacted because you had people driving down the road, parts falling off and stuff, causing accidents and just generally no brakes and things and just an unsafe vehicle to have on the road. And um, so we passed this legislation, I don't know when, that mandated an inspection sticker. And while they have made the inspection sticker two-year stickers now instead of one-year stickers. They also doubled the price of the stickers, so it still costs about the same to get it for two years instead of one. But anyway, I had to replace the windshield in the little red Fiat. Oh gosh, I don't know when it was, and I didn't get a new inspection sticker, and I do this every now and again. I go through windshields. I just, well, I don't go through them. I'm not the one breaking them. I have more windshields break than Carter has liver pills. I mean, every year we're breaking a windshield or two. And uh, not necessarily shattering it, but you'll get a little um, spider web uh, crack in it. Or I did have one that a, a pebble or something hit, and this was on my truck, uh, hit fairly low. Um, down right about where the windshield wipers sit. And I was traveling back from Virginia Tech. I'd been down there speaking to a group of um, administrative professionals when I was president of the West Virginia Division uh, of the International Association of Administrative Professionals. This was a lifetime ago, it seems. And I was traveling back from a meeting down there where I was doing a presentation. And I got something hit the windshield. Of course, you never see what it is. You just jump when you hear the noise and so then there's this little crack little spot and I thought hmm, that cracked my windshield and then as I'm driving back from Virginia Tech I'm thinking is that is that line getting longer and I had to stop for fuel and when I stopped I took a pin <clears throat> and I marked the glass and uh, hang on just a second I got I got a call Sorry about that. But I took a pen and I marked where the edge of that uh, crack was. And so I kept driving and every few minutes I glanced over and sure enough, this thing was traveling. The crack in the windshield was traveling. And by the time I got home, it was three quarters of the way across the bottom of the windshield. And when I went to have the windshield replaced, the guy at the windshield place said, you should have brought this in as soon as it happened. I said, I was driving home. It cracked this far before I got home. It didn't matter. I would have had to stop at the side of the road and called you to prevent this from, from driving. Because I really was aggravated because he talked to me like, um, you know, like I had, you know, purposely waited uh, and, and let it get as bad as it did. It got that bad very quickly. But anyway, 
my truck does that. I don't know if it's the um, stress from the shape, the angle of the windshield or what, but I've gone through several windshields there just from getting a little little gravel hit it and then they, uh, the crack traveling clear across. So anyway, <laughs> I didn't have the inspection sticker because, I mean, you, they scraped the old one off. You can't replace it or anything like that. So when they took the windshield out, uh, the wind, I didn't have an inspection sticker and I just didn't go get one. <laughs> and um, so it took several months. It took several months, but I did get busted by a city cop in the city of Charleston. <laughs> and he wouldn't have pulled me over except my license plate was dead, too. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yay. <laughs> dead license plates, dead stickers. It's always something in it. The government always needs a little more money, a little more money. And eventually you're living off five bucks a month and they're getting 95. So. I want good things. I want the government to protect me and keep me safe. But I don't need them in every little bit of things I do. Oh, hot coffee. I love coffee. Um, oh, where was I? Oh, so anyway, I was trying not to go to Charleston, but I'm going to have to. So I got to take in proof of the inspection sticker and proof of registration and proof of insurance. <laughs> take all that stuff in to the city of Charleston just to uh, uh, avoid getting the fine associated with the ticket. They'll drop the whole thing if I take proof in there and I just have been dragging my feet. I got to get it done before it's too late. All right. So there, other than that, I mean, I was trying to stay home all week and just um, chill and just do some videos. I did get, by the way, I did get a video up. Um, did I have it up before I talked to you Friday? I don't remember if I had it up before I talked to you Friday or not, but I did. No, I don't think I did. <clears throat> Friday, I did a video on um, cutting up a whole turkey. I think I shared with you that I was going to do the video. I um, I did it. I got it edited. It, it's just, just, just a 20-minute one, so it didn't take too much time. Um, I was able to purchase turkey, a whole turkey, whole frozen butterball turkey uh, for 50 cents a pound. So I got a, you know, it's a little just shy of 12 pound bird for six bucks. And, that, you know, 50 cents a pound for any meat, any protein is an exceptionally good price. And so I wanted to share with folks um, how to cut up a bird and, and put it in the freezer. And so I was going to roast the, uh, the breast anyway for the church Christmas dinner on Saturday. And I did that. Um, so the rest of the bird I put in the freezer and I'm going to um, cook that later. I may do a video on grinding, you know, grinding up the meat for like ground turkey because people like ground turkey. I'm not, I'm not a big fan, but other people do like ground turkey. Making soup or just canning the turkey meat. So I did do that. I did get that up and I felt good about getting that up in, in decent time. And um, because I haven't been able to keep up with my videos like like I need to. And um, I did get that one done on Friday. Dad came over 
and uh, I was glad that he was able that he got himself out that he drove himself over he came over we did his INR test and I trimmed his hair for him and he actually made it to our Christmas dinner which I was glad and then he didn't come to church which I was not glad but uh, I think he probably did too much in those two days and we're still waiting to hear actually I need to make that phone call today about his injections as far as we haven't received not the first notice of when his injections are supposed to be. So I do need to call over to the spine clinic and find out what's going on there. <clears throat> and let's see. Oh, so then um, we had the church dinner. It went really well. We had a really respectable turnout. Um, everyone ate their fill. We didn't have that much food left over. We did have some, so we know that everybody ate till they were content and uh, um, had a good Advent service and communion on Sunday. And, and so I just kind of wanted to rest a little bit and uh, not go anywhere, but yeah, I still have to. But, you know, that's all right. Uh, the asthma, I finally, the inhaler showed up. Well, I shouldn't say show up. I took the prescription to Walmart. Walmart didn't have the particular um, inhaler, the Air Supra. They did, I did get a text message on Saturday while I was at the church getting ready for the dinner that it was at, available at the pharmacy. The weird thing about it was is that the doctor wrote it for three refills and they didn't put any refills on the prescription on the carton. But they had to order the um, um, not the extender. What's it called? Anyway, um, they had they, they had to order it, and they put three ref refills on it. So I need to take a, a, a stop by the Walmart pharmacy and say, "How can I need three refills on this thing that you just wash?" And not have three refills on the actual medication. This makes no sense. So, um, um, I'm going to have to go talk to them and watch them say, do you have to call your doctor? I guarantee that's probably what it's going to be. So, anyway, the cold air is aggravating my asthma a little bit, but I haven't been out that much in it. We had a pretty cold morning yesterday, cold day yesterday. It's pretty frosty out there this morning. The um, surface of the duck water was um, probably about a half inch froze. But I was able to break it up with, with a shovel, so it's no big deal. <clears throat> um, the ducks are doing just ducky. The chickens are not laying. I haven't had a chicken egg in three days now. Even my, um, even my uh, leghorns aren't lay laying, so they're taking their break. Uh, again, for those of you who aren't aware, I, I don't artificially light my coop. <clears throat> so I just kind of don't think I should be doing that. I just They just need to um, relax and have their, some, have their winter time off. So there's nothing going on in the garden. There's nothing going on with the chickens and the ducks. There's nothing going on. with Well, Bob did get in the trash and turn the trash over, which is Bob the dog, um, which is unusual for him. But I guess the uh, turkey bones were just too much for him. And This dog who's allergic to poultry ate quite a bit of uh, turkey bones yesterday. 
I wasn't happy. He got scolded and sent to bed. So um, he did not like being uh, isolated. I didn't lock him in the room or anything. I just told him to go upstairs and go to bed. I just, go to bed. And he went upstairs and he stayed up there until I hollered at him. <clears throat> and I did eventually holler at him. So the church roof, we're still looking for donations to the Give, Send, Go for the church roof. If you would consider contributing 5, 10, 15 bucks to our, our uh, church roof replacement, I would really appreciate it. I have to um, start hunting up some new insurance for us because the insurance company is not going to renew us, even if we start work on the roof and get it replaced. Long story, get aggravated. My blood pressure goes up. Don't want to get into it. So, um I'm just not a happy camper about the insurance. Uh, we hope to have that roof done before the end of the year. If the weather cooperates, we did have some rain, which would have set our roofing guy back a little bit on his um, on his projects. And uh, hopefully we will be able to get that done right away, at least for the sanctuary. I want to share, there is a story. Let me get down to this link. I um, I shared this link with Scully. If you, um, oh wait, no, I don't want to do this one yet. I want to do this other one. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is right. I shared this, um, this, link with Skelly. If you guys uh, are familiar with um, John Willis and um, uh, his uh, SOE tactical site and you know his friend Skelly has his own YouTube but um, Dog Kennel and Little Spoon And I signed up with uh, with his uh, Patreon over there for a couple bucks, I think it was, just to give him a little boost. <clears throat> I don't want you, I don't know if you can, I think you can hear that. I want to read this to you, uh, but anyway, um, this isn't the right one, Robin. Quit it. That's the wrong one. I want to share this with you. Um, Scully was is talking about so he's taking this uh, military dog kennel or something like that i don't know maybe it's not really a dog kennel maybe may a nickname for it but um he's turning this thing into like a, a small portable camper and he's doing a series of videos that he's um you know sharing uh on his youtube and the patreon and stuff uh on his building it out and the idea he said was to take it you know on, on trips I, I don't know how far he like countrywide whole u.s eastern side western side north south i don't know but he was asking if i asked him uh in a comment you know where where was he going to go the for his first trip and he said he didn't know and where would he where would we like to see him go talking to the whole group there i said well i'm biased towards west virginia and then i come across this link for this story it's nightmarish mummies attracting curious to rural west virginia and it's a i i hadn't thought about this in ages until i saw the story pop up 
uh, the other day in a south of Philippi, West Virginia. And that's quite a ways from me. So it's not like it's someplace I'm going to hop up there. But I did share this link with him, uh, with Scully in his Patreon group as an idea of a place to, to come to West Virginia to see. And if you're a fan of uh, cryptids and, and the, and the spookies and the, um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Folk tales and things like that. This is one for you. Although there are, these things do exist. And it's, uh, it's out of, it's, the story comes from the West Virginia Explorer. The link is down in the description uh, below. So it goes, uh, Philippi, West Virginia, stored for years in an old barn, the creations of a rural mad scientist, the hardened cadavers known as the Philippi mummies, are as grotesque as anything you might imagine, and they're attracting tourists to this quiet river town in the shadow of the Allegheny Mountains. <clears throat> says, everything you've heard about them, it might all be true, says Ed Larry, curator of the Philippi Visitor Center and Museum. Though the full tale is stranger than you might expect, the town of nearly 2,500 residents may be best known as the site of the first land action of the Civil War, but the internet has propelled the fame of the ghoulish bodies far beyond that which anyone expected. Leading visitors into a small room in the corner of the museum, museum staff at first remain quiet, allowing the curious to consider what they're seeing. Two pale figures, smaller perhaps than might be expected, lay draped in red damask in rustic coffins. <clears throat> Their expressions could be regarded as, as pained or peaceful, depending on the light and the observer. Arms at their sides, their hands crossed protectively over their abdomens, ironically the region into which the secret fluid used in the bizarre mummification project was introduced. Both were women, former residents of the Hospital for the Insane, as it was then known at Weston. The younger in her 20s had died during childbirth. The older had died of natural causes in her 40s. Both passed away without known relatives. Ed Larry says the letter, a letter found in the pocket of the younger who had requested that her body be returned home for burial, though it was not to be her fate. Instead, the asylum had been persuaded by an eccentric farmer and historian, Graham Hamrick, to provide the bodies for a series of macabre experiments. Hamrick was convinced that he had discovered a method of embalming or mummification based on passages from the Bible. His first experiment was performed on the severed head of an African-American male that had been set on its neck in a pan of the embalming solution. Whatever the method, the ingredients were easy to come by, according to an unknown author cited in a brochure now provided at the museum. The only secret of the wonderful embalming method is that his liquid, a portion of which is made by herbs gathered by him in the mountains, killed the germs of decomposition in the flesh or whatever it's applied to. According to the same source, embalmed squirrels, birds, and a snake were positioned in lifelike poses around the farmhouse, and Mrs. Hamrick would often display what would appear to be a piece of shoe leather, which she explained, this is the blood of a human being prepared by father, 
talking about Mr. Hamrick, years ago, which has remained in this condition ever since. Historian Jim Comstock, who had, who had the celebrated mummies removed from the barn and displayed at the West Virginia Central Exposition, Centennial Expo Exposition in 1963, combed the region for tales of, of Hamrick, who took his secrets to the grave in 1899. It seemed that Hamrick believed the embalming fluid would be drawn up into the tissue due to the influence of an everlasting drive, which the embalmer believed remained in the organic matter even after it was dead. Hamrick's method met with success and was repeated on an arm, then in 1888 on a deceased newborn and the two female subjects now on display. According to a his History of Barber County, published in 1968, Hamrick applied for a patent and was at first rejected as no authority could believe his formula, as described, could produce the claimed results. So he traveled to Washington, D.C. to demonstrate his method and provide the documentation. Though his patent was accepted, he declined to pursue the matter further. In 1891, he was awarded a bronze medal by the Paris Inventors Academy of France and was later awarded a gold medal, though he declined to profit off his work or share the formula. As he drew near the end of his life, he prepared embalming fluid for his body and instructed his friends how to, how to use it, according to the 1968 account. However, he was interred at the St. Mary's Chapel Cemetery north of Philippi after a battle with tuberculosis, and no account of his special embalming ex exists. The cadavers were afterward passed to the Byers family of Charleston, who have loaned them to the museum, but have decided not to allow the cadavers to be tested, preferring that they be allowed to rest in peace. Unfortunately, during a torrential flood in 1985, all remains but the two female cadavers were washed away and the two that survived lost their hair but remained in remarkable condition. Though historians and journalists have repeatedly re revisited the mummy's story over the last century, Ed Larry says the internet and television programs have allowed word of their origins to spread. We now have more people coming to the museum than ever, and their donations have helped the museum in and Philippi greatly. The museum's open from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Friday and Saturday and 1 to 5 on Sunday or by appointment. So, yeah, I'm going to see if I can. All right, that's not good. That's not good. See if I can share this with you and let you see. Share screen. Hi, Dixon. I am trying to share this. Here we go. How are you doing over there today? So here is, um, hopefully you can see this okay. Here is one of the two mummies. <clears throat> In the casket. I don't know if it's the original casket or not. I, I guess it would be. Um, and that's the damask that it was talking about. A little damage around here, around the wrist. Uh, 
I don't know if that's um, just aging of the corpse. It kind of looks like, this kind of looks like bone to me, but it's not, it can't be very, let me see if I can show you this one too. Uh, see, this doesn't, this picture doesn't come out very good of the hands because it, it pixelates and stuff. Um, I doubt that that's a better picture. This is a different mummy. I think this is the older one. Uh, the knees look like, like they were very arthritic. Uh, the other, the older one. die I think they said died of natural causes and then the younger one died in childbirth so I mean this is kind of freaky <laughs> it really is kind of freaky um can you imagine coming up and and creating a um an embalming fluid that I mean these folks are exposed to the air they're not even in sealed coffins with um with um did i did i stop the presenting i think i did turn that off didn't i with scully and um oh did did it come back to me i think it did to uh to see again bring him to bring him to west virginia and you guys too you guys can come to west virginia too love to have you love to have you come and visit and obviously swing by here on your way <laughs> come and stay with us here so that was a fun little story um <clears throat> and we have a couple of different i mean we've got a few haunted you know, haunted stories. There's the West Virginia monster out at Flatwoods. There's Mothman. Um, now there is a picture of the, well, not a picture. There's a statue, a stainless steel statue of Mothman over in Mason County. That's just, you know, you put a human head on him, buns of steel, baby. Good looking fella there. <laughs> so we, we have a few things like that here in the state and, uh, you know, tourism being what tourism is, uh, every now and again, they'll capitalize on that. And some small communities will, uh, will get some, uh, publicity and some tax dollars. Well, one of the, uh, one of the primary things I wanted to talk with you guys about today, um, was another, it's another story that I came across and, um, it's the one, oh, I think I closed that window. or that tab, I should say, it has to do with um, the government and EMP drone swarms. And I'm going to try to stop this audio. Yeah, because it'll, there's a, it, this is from Newsmax. And I kind of, I'm kind of skeptical of Newsmax. excuse me, uh, for a lot of things. I mean, 
it's really hard to find, in my opinion, and you can share with me if you like your your views on this. It's hard to find a centralized news source that doesn't go off in the National Enquirer zone. And for those of you of a certain age, you know that national the National Enquirer, I don't even know if it's still printed, <clears throat> was a um, was a tabloid publication, and you know they they would print these fanciful stories like Bat Boy and Mothman and things like that as if they were real news stories. But interspersed in there, you would find a few legitimate news stories <laughs> that carried weight. And uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think the uh, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky story actually got traction from, may not have been the National Enquirer itself, but it was one of those type of tabloid uh, magazines. And then it was picked up by some of the bigger news uh, organizations. And it's, I don't, you know, OAN, excuse me, Newsmax, Fox News, all those right wings are fine. And all the left wings, the CNNs, the MSNBC, fine. Do what you guys want to do. I just kind of need something that's real. And knowing that the internet is a place where you can just throw anything out there, and if enough people believe it, they'll spread it. You know, doesn't mean it's true. But anyway, this is a story out of Newsmax that I saw yesterday, and it says the Pentagon, United States Pentagon eyes EMP to thwart drone swarms. And EMP is electromagnetic pulse. And these and this is how the story goes. And the link is also in the description to this story. The Pentagon is eyeing the use of electromagnetic pulse weapons to thwart drone or unmanned aerial vehicle attacks. The Air Force is asking industry leaders if such a weapon system can be built or already exists <clears throat> or already exists to take out small drones or unmanned aircraft vehicles. According to SAM.gov, and I'm familiar with SAM.gov, and just that's a whole different topic for another day. A, a description for one government contract mentions that Air Force Research Laboratories is conducting market research to seek information from industry on the landscape of research and development for available electronic pulse solutions, electromagnetic pulse solutions, sorry, need my glasses on, towards countering multiple unmanned aircraft systems. While the contract calls for how an EMP can be used in a defensive capacity against drones, according to a report by the Washington Examiner on Monday, several U.S. adversaries already have an offensive EMP attack plan. These plans rely on nuclear explosions in the atmosphere targeting electric grids in response to this under the direction of former President Donald Trump, the U.S. began a program to harden grids 
on some military bases against such an attack. So sam.gov is as a site where the short version is where the government posts um, opportunities for contractors to bid on projects. That's that's the short version. So if you create uh, EMP programs that will take down drones, hey, we're looking for that. Put in your bid. You know, here's the specs we want you to meet. How much? I mean, it's it's a thing. It's a real thing. Um, my thing about this is the United. Uh, there's there's been people in the self reliance communities and the prepper communities and stuff who we, we've been talking about EMPs for. When I say we broadly, I'm not really well versed on them, so I don't talk a lot about them. But we've been talking about EMPs for a long time, and we've been laughed at. You know, and so here we have the United States government and apparently starting under the former president looking into using EMPs to down large numbers of drones. So if in my mind, here's what I imagined. You can tell me if you think I'm insane or not, which in my mind, I'm imagining a a a a a group of drones not unlike a flock of birds like geese you have 10 12 geese at a time you may have 10 12 drones at a time coming to take on and we see these drones attacking our navy and, and some of our military over in the uh, middle east and down around um the uh, Darn it, which canal is that? <laughs> I've done forgot. Uh, but down in in the in the uh, seas down around India, down around Africa, where where the shipping lanes are, th these drones are attacking our military, attacking our navy. And apparently, at least as far back as the former president, the former the previous administration, our government knew this was an issue and started looking for alternatives or ways to take down these drones if there is a cannot just say squadron i don't know if that's the right phrase but that's what comes to my brain uh, of of drones coming at a base or something in the united states or a united states territory where you can um what's the word i'm looking for launch a weapon a weapon a nuclear type weapon that's going to explode above these things and send the electromagnetic waves down and take these drones out they'll take out your car <laughs> they'll take out your our electric network our, our you know our grid They'll take out everything. If it's got a computer chip in it, it's going to take it out. Now, there are companies, and there's a few that are uh, well well um, advertised and, and shared in uh, some of the com communities that we're involved in that have devices that can help prevent your home or your vehicle from uh, being adversely affected by these EMPs. 
I guess it would work at the level that the government's thinking. Um, I, I don't know enough about the strength of an EMP to know whether EMP Shield, for example, is one brand, uh, would be able to stop that. Be an interesting conversation to have. Can it work? You know, uh, can it stop that kind of damage? But in the bigger picture, what I wanted to talk about today was our government, the United States government, rightly or wrongly, is considering uh contracting for a a weapon a weapon that will use this EMP the electromagnetic pulse to take out unmanned aircraft systems what could go wrong everything everything can go wrong um we have uh, and I don't know what if there's a right side or wrong side to this, because obviously if we're having uh, these um, drones or unmanned aircraft systems taking out our military in, in little pot shots here and there, the potential for larger uh, mechanized uh, aircraft, uh, unmanned aircraft, is possible. Any, I mean, we, we have unmanned rockets, for heaven's sakes. Why wouldn't we have unmanned drones and planes and such things? And and our technology has already been stolen by <laughs> other countries, maybe even given away to other countries. What are you know? What what are we looking at here? And how can we be ready? And I'm not, it's, I'm not trying to say, oh my gosh, you know, dig your basements and lead line your houses and stuff like that. I'm not trying to panic. I just kind of want to open a discussion about, you know, what does this look like? What, what does this look like in 10 years? What does it look like in two years? If, if this reporting is correct and the Pentagon is, is, and it's out there. I mean, once you put it out for bid, it's out there. And obviously Newsmax has come across this and is reporting on it. And so it's out there, not just for you and I. The whole entire world is looking at this now and said, hey, look what the U.S. government's doing. Are they laughing and saying too little too late because, you know, the, the, the Chinese drone has already floated across the United States? Balloon style? Or are they thinking, uh-oh, they're on to us? I don't know. I don't have the answer. But I can tell you this. It's worrisome. It is worrisome. The United States government may have good intentions, but they don't necessarily have the best track record for their good intentions. Um And I don't, I don't like what this report is saying. I really don't. I, I don't like what it's saying, what its implications could be. Um, if you get into, I mean, we have been lucky, I believe, lucky that the world has not been destroyed by nuclear weapons, that humans and governments have been restrained in their use of nuclear weapons because they know what's going to happen. If we get into a tit for tat with another country, um, 
we, 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 even if we survive for a short term, even if everything is not destroyed, the fallout, the contaminations will end up killing, you know, all of us. There won't be enough medication to prevent us all from dying. An EMP can do the same thing because an EMP can take out not only the electric grid, it can take out your, your, um, aviation, it can take out your automation, it can take out your locomotion, it can take out uh, your your vehicles, you know, your trucks. Everything stops because the circuitry has been fried. I'll probably be okay for a long time, but someplace like New York City, where people are living on, you know, 12th and 13th floors, you, your elevators are going to be shot and you're not going to be able to get out of there. Your electrical cars, your electric cook stove, your electric heat, all of these things that your government is trying to tell you you got to have, it's got to be electric. Your 15-minute cities, it, you're, you're just going to, you're just really going to be, it's just going to be not good. I don't want to live in a place where I have to go use an elevator to get to my home, okay? I, I don't, I don't want to have, I don't want to do that. Um, I, in and even at that, even if you don't, let's say, let's say, <clears throat> let's say the EMP goes off near here where I'm at, because I'm near chemical plants, I'm near railroad um, marshalling yards, I'm near coal mines, I'm near, um, well, timber, coal and timber and natural gas, chemicals, and let's say the MP goes off over West Virginia and takes out all of these things. I still can't walk up to Walmart and buy anything because they're going to be shut down. Anything that needs refriger refrigerated in Walmart is going to be ruined. Probably the um, generators, if they have them, are not going to work because generators aren't strictly mechanical anymore i just it's just <laughs> this is a worrisome story that i'm seeing and um and i i just it really concerns me it really concerns me so i uh i i'd love to hear what you think if you think i'm just off my rails on this if i might be close to right have you seen other stories on this particular? Now, we've talked, you know, the EMP stories are out there, the potential for them. But I mean, something along this lines. Have you seen a story like this? This story is from yesterday, Monday, December the, uh, the December the 11th, 2023. So again, the, the link is below. But um, there are a, cover, a couple of other stories linked to this one. Uh, it says a tale of China, EMP and Transformers, America's Achilles heel, uh, cyber war coming with Russia, 50 states will have to fight. I, I'm not going to click on those links today. I may look at them later, but uh, this is more than enough for me today in one story. I just, I, I'm sitting here, like I said earlier, what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Everything, everything can go wrong. Everything could go wrong. So I, uh, uh, 
I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, that bothers me. That bothers me. Um, these things, well, I'll leave it at that. You guys uh, can share with me what you think. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, all right. So there's that. I clunked my way through that. Uh, Harvest Guard. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Harvest Guard. I have. I didn't bring my card down. I was going to bring it down and show it to you. <clears throat> I have uh, purchased uh, a... Uh, number of the Harvest Guard. Now, not Harvest Right. We're not talking about the freeze dryer, but Harvest Guard reusable um, canning seals and lids. Uh, and I have begun using them, began learning to use them because they're they're a little tougher. They require a few extra steps, but they are, again, reusable up to seven times uh, per seal. And I purchased those with the idea that I wanted to learn to use them to cut back on the disposable made in China stuff. Um, I'm not so sure <laughs> that's going to matter. <laughs> but uh, I am trying to learn to use those. And I'm really interested in if you have used, whether it be Harvest Guard or another brand of uh, reusable uh, lids and seals, what your experiences have been. Now, I have done a video i i recorded um just jarring up and using my steam canner jars of water uh, pints of water to learn to use the seals in the and and the lids because there's some extra steps so you you heat the you heat the seals you know you put them on the hot jar you put the lid on and you crank it you don't crank it all the way down you leave it just a little bit and then you process and then when you take them out of whatever you're doing, whether you're steam canning, water bath canning, or pressure canning, when you first take them out, you tighten them up before you set them out to cool. So there's extra steps, but these things are reusable. And so they would save you money in the long run. So I do have a video. Uh, I'm trying to get it finished processing today and have it up maybe by Saturday for everybody to see. Um, and it's just using my steam canner. But I'm going to probably do one. Well, I know I'll do one with the pressure canner. But I'm I'm interested to know whether you have used these or not, and um, um, what your experience has been. Whether you 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 know enjoyed using them, whether you had a high failure rate. Um, I will tell you, I did have uh, a failure rate <laughs> this morning when I went back and checked them, and uh, I'll go I go into that in the video, but. It's user error, I'm sure. Um, I went back and read the card, the instruction card again. I'm pretty sure I did everything correctly, but maybe not. And so I will reprocess and uh, do this again. And until I am assured that I'm not having a failure rate, I can use each of those um, those seals six more times, and and I'll do that. And I'll I'll do that till I get it right. So I am interested in learn, hearing what you have to say about using um, those type of uh, canning uh, lids and rings. Or lids and, I keep saying rings, but it's seals. I tell you what, when I, I still have a stash of Orchard Road uh, lids. 
And I'm going to tell you, those puppies would pop and scare the pants off of you. And I love those. And just as the Rona kicked off, uh, it got hard to get the materials. And Orchard Road, as far as I'm aware, has never recovered. And they, they closed down shop. There is a company called Four Jars that several of the um, canning groups are really excited about. They're an American company, but their lids are still made in China and the materials are sourced in China. I understand they're trying to move manufacturing to the United States, but that's going to be a long, long process. Um, there is a brand called Sure, S-U-R-E. No, it's just Sure, S-U-R, there's no E on it, that um, I have a few of, but I haven't used them yet. And if you have used those or other brands of canning lids, I'd love to hear what you think of those. If you have a favorite, uh, Ball has fallen out of favor with a lot of folks because during the height of the Rona, they were not able to keep up production. Uh, and I mean, and there were some uh, quality issues with Ball. The, um, the seal around the lids was seen seemed to be um, thinner maybe and not quite as uh, dependable for a good seal by people who are expert canners and I am um, I'm thinking that they resolved that but a lot of people fell away from ball uh, lids because of how things unfolded during the during the dark times <laughs> Um, but I did, I still have uh, my Orchard orchard Roads, I will use on meat. I use those on meat. Man, I mean, you do, you about, you about wet yourself when those things pop. It makes you jump. It's not a little tink, it's a pow. It, they were really good. They were really good. We are winding again, we're winding down the end of the year, and I'm trying to gear up, trying to get a little better of a schedule planned, uh, topics planned for the uh, 2024 uh, year, calendar year. I'd love, if there's something you'd like to hear me discuss, I'd love to know so that I can get that scheduled. I am reaching out to some other um, podcasters to potentially get some interviews set up. I do have some emails to respond to on those <laughs> and try to get those lined out. Uh, if there's a particular topic that you'd like me to find someone to, to talk about, um, I, I'll see what I can do. Love to love to be able to do that and help you out that way. Oh, let's see. What else? I think we're just about finished up. and We're just almost finished. Just a few minutes left to go. I like to keep right at an hour for those of you guys who are new. Oh, turkey prices. Let me just touch on that real quick. Uh, like I said last week, I was able to get uh, frozen butterball turkeys for 50 cents a pound. I did check the app on my phone for Walmart. I do not see those turkeys again this year. Well, not this year, but um, today. Let me go back in real quick. And um, it's possible, I guess, that they could have reloaded, but I kind of doubt it. <laughs> Turkey. Whole turkey. Um, I do not. Everything that comes up on my app for Walmart. Now, then, obviously, Walmart's not the only place to shop. Mm, 
for better ball frozen turkey uh, is coming up as unavailable. I do see a honeysuckle white frozen bone in turkey breast, three to nine pounds, fifteen dollars. So a th three three pounds. <laughs> $2.58 a pound it's listing here. A butterball frozen boneless turkey breast, $4.57 a pound. Um, Shady Brook Farms frozen whole turkey, no antibiotics ever, 10 to 17 pounds is $1.98 a pound. That's still less than ground beef, so that's under $2 a pound. Mm, whole turkey dinners. Genio oven ready boneless turkey breast five ninety four pound. Um, Sam's Club whole uh, Sam's Club choice hickory smoked young turkey is uh, now this is a smoked one it's uh, three ninety eight a pound. Hmm. And so it doesn't improve. So I don't know if you go to the store itself uh, and go in, if you're going to find that um, there are still some of the 50 cent a pound turkeys in. I hope you were able to get a hold of one. If not, I hope you will take advantage of uh, some of the um, low prices that are coming up. Some of these are still fairly low. Uh, turkey under the cost of ground beef is a win. Um, ground beef with high fat content, you want, the, the turkey is better for you. Now, it, I get that some of you guys that are on uh, keto, or not keto, but um, carnivore diet stuff, you want all this fat in your, okay, fine, I get it. The rest of us, <laughs> not so much. But uh, look for the um, the video that I did on cutting up whole turkeys. If you've never cut them, it also helps you with chicken. Obviously, turkey is much bigger. You can see it a lot easier. Birds are birds. You're going to cut them up the same way. So if you've gotten this far, thank you. Thank you for hanging in there. And I hope you will like and subscribe and share uh, the broadcast today on whatever platform you're, you're uh, listening or watching. Um, whatever the options are for liking and sharing and subscribing. I hope you will take advantage of that. And um, I hope you're able to find something to think about today and uh, get a little good information as well. We'll finish up today um, there. Be sure and go to Holstein or go to RobinHolstein.com. Look for Holstein House on the menu. If you're traveling to or through West Virginia along the West Virginia Turnpike, you need a spot to stop for the night. We'd be glad to have you, or two nights if you'd like to stay, or a couple more nights if you'd like. If the calendar's open, you're more than welcome to book the room. We prefer that you direct book, but we do take Airbnb. And if you need to reach out to me, you can go to robinholstein.com as well and go to the contacts page. There you'll find a list of all of the social media platforms that, uh, that I have accounts for and a contact page where you can reach out and send a message to me. Well, with that, my friends, we're going to call it. And I'm so glad that you came and you spent some time with me. And we hope that you'll come back again really soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. So there you have it. 
Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.